Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story, and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors, and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. It's Easter at Active Church, and I'm so glad that you're here. My name is Mike. I serve as the lead pastor at Active. And whether you're watching or listening, thanks for being a part of the story that God is writing today. I want to start with a question for you to consider. What do you believe is possible? Possible for you, for those around you, for your life, and for the lives of those around you. What do you believe is possible? Can I tell you about a moment where I discovered what was possible for me? See, I am a homeowner, and... I realize that being a homeowner means that you actually have to do repairs and things around your house, which I am not good at at all. So recently, my wife and I bought a ceiling fan, and it was for my son's room. And it stayed in its box for about three or four weeks because I refuse to put it up because I don't want to. I'm not good at it. And I usually hire somebody to do that for me. So as it sat in our living room, I would walk by it each and every day, and it would mock me. It would call me names. It questioned if I was a real man or not. And so one day when my wife was gone, she had taken my son to a volleyball tournament. I decided that putting that fan up was possible for me. So I opened the box and I figured out all the hardware. I figured out all the wiring. I even figured out all of the electrical because I'm brilliant and humble. And with the help of my 13-year-old daughter, we got the fan up and it was hanging fine and it was working great, and I'm here to tell you that anything's possible because that is a miracle that it actually works and it was up and it's working fine. Now, I know that that's a silly story, but this question is about our real life. What do you believe is possible for you? That question might be something that you would hear at a conference from a motivational speaker, right? It would be something that would stir you up and get you excited. And you think because of that question, things will change for you. And then you go home, you get back to your regularly scheduled life. And you realize that the inspiration you felt at the conference through that question didn't give you the motivation to bring about the change that you wanted. Here's the thing about change. Change is hard because being changed is hard. We all want change but we all want it our way. We want it to fit our comfort and our convenience. And then when things don't change, we wonder what happened. Well, here's what happened. Your plans happened. You decided to do it your way, in your time, and how you do it every time. You didn't listen to the voices of wisdom around you. You just decided to plow forward like you normally do. Author and speaker Bob Goff says that our ability to change is often blocked by our plans. Well, here's what happened. Your circumstances happened. You were overwhelmed and you gave up before you could break through. And that's often what happens for a lot of us. We get pushed back and then we decide to keep the peace instead of making peace. Or maybe for you, change didn't happen because you did this on your own. That's what happened. You thought it was all up to you. You thought that you needed to hustle And you needed to grind and you were going to prove all the doubters wrong. And then when you got tired, when you got weary, you reached for the end of your rope and what you found is more of you. And you don't even like you. And you know that you need someone beyond you in order for change to happen within you. 
And if that's you, my friends, I'm so glad that you're here today because I've got good news for you. You don't have to live like this anymore. Life doesn't have to be like it was anymore. It can be better and a better story is possible because there is a God who is for you and loves you and is with you. And we know this because of the person and the work of Jesus. He came to communicate and demonstrate what God is like. And in the loudest possible way, the most unmissable way in all of history, God announced his love for you and for me. Through the cross of Jesus Christ, Jesus gave his life so that you would have life. And through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he rose from the grave to offer you freedom. And you and I get to decide what we're going to do with that story. You and I get to decide what we're going to do with Jesus. And I'm just here to tell you, I've been a Christian since I was eight years old. And on the other side of your surrender to Jesus, on the other side of your yes, is a life where anything is possible And all throughout scripture, you see story after story and life after life where this is true. In fact, there's one story I want to share with you today about a woman who experienced what you've experienced and been through what you've been through. Her name is Mary and she's from the city of Magdala. We know her as Mary Magdalene and her story causes me to believe that when you trust in Jesus and surrender to Jesus and follow Jesus, anything is possible. So a bit of background on Mary. Her story is actually first recorded in the document, the letter that Luke writes in the scriptures. And he actually shares a bit about her that is really fascinating. Here's what Luke says about Mary. He says in Luke chapter 8 verse 1, after this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. The twelve were Peter and James and John and Matthew and all those that followed Jesus. And some of the women who had been with them, was, they were cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. And Susanna and many others. And these women were helping to support Jesus and the disciples out of their own means. Now, interesting in how Luke writes this. He writes this with an assumption that we know these people and we know what's going on. And and here's why we have to point that out, because when Luke is writing this, he's not writing to you or to me. There is a first audience that he's writing to. He is writing this for you and for me, like we are an audience, but we're not the first audience. And the reason why that's so important is because this letter was circulated during the time that these people were alive. So if any of it was false, they could prove that it was false by talking to the people who were there, like talking to Mary. And what Luke says about Mary is pretty interesting, right? He says Mary called Magdalene had seven demons come out of her. Those are some big words, right? Feels a bit like a horror movie or a horror story. Like something happened with Mary and her life was completely changed. And maybe you're wondering like, why would Luke include that? Well, here's why. As scholars and historians would study ancient documents like those in the scriptures, they would do this study and they called it textual criticism. It's it's the study to see if a document is reliable. And one of the ways that they would check the reliability of a document was through the lens of something they called the criterion of embarrassment. And here's how it worked. 
During that time, if you wanted to prove something to be true, if you were the author or if you were people a part of the author's story, you would paint yourself in a picture that, like you were a superhero, that you had things together. But the writers of the scriptures didn't do that. In fact, the writers of the scriptures were honest about themselves and the people that they were around. It was very unlikely for an author to write about themselves or others in a way that was embarrassing about themselves or others. And and here's why this is so essential to the scriptures. These writers presented themselves as clueless, as confused, and living a chaotic life. And it's why scholars and historians believe that these letters, these documents are true. It's one of the many reasons why. Because that just didn't happen during that time. But here is, here's why this is so good. Because these are real people with real experiences, living a real life and pursuing the real God. And for some of you, that's important for you to know. Because you've believed for a long time that these documents, this scripture, these letters, this Bible is made up. It should start with once upon a time in your opinion. It's fictional. You've dismissed it because you had a college professor that told you one time that all of this is pretend. But scholars would say no. Historians would say no. Luke would say no, this this really happened. And Mary was somebody that was a mess. And then she met the Messiah. And everything changed for her. And it convinced Luke that anything's possible. Like she had hurdles and she had obstacles and she had fear and then she came face to face with Jesus and he changed her and can we talk about those hurdles and obstacles the things that she held in her hand Luke calls them demons and spirits maybe when you heard that you went whoa 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 whoa. that's creepy (laughs) that's a little weird right but here's what I want you to know like maybe it was demons and spirits Or maybe they are referencing something that we know all about today. Because don't we use that same language today? Don't we talk about the demons of our past showing up in our present? Don't we talk about how the spirits from last night's party that we drank is causing us to be hungover in this world today? Don't don't we believe that? Don't we talk about that? Like maybe that's what Luke is pointing out. Listen, it could have been demons and spirits, actual demons and spirits. Or maybe he's talking about how Mary had a past Mary had issues, Mary had obstacles, Mary needed some hope and needed some help and that's why Mary needed Jesus. And so she brought all of that to him. She said, I got demons and spirits, I've got issues and addictions, I've got struggles and sins. And she held it in her hand. It was was what Jesus needed to have and heal in Mary's life. She started to believe because of Jesus that anything was possible. So she brought her anything to Jesus. What about you? Like, what's your anything? What do you hold in your hands? What do you hold in your heart? I'm not talking about the pretty Instagram reel or the TikTok page that you put a filter over that makes you look good. I'm talking about the real, true you. The one that you are afraid if people found out they wouldn't like you or love you. What do you hold in your hands? What are the obstacles? Where's the resistance? Where's the sin? What is it that you hold in your hand? What is your anything? That invitation to bring your anything to God is something that the writers of the scriptures talk about from the very beginning of the scriptures. Like in the story of Gideon. 
Gideon is somebody I think we all could relate to because he was a fearful, anxious man who was asked by God to lead an incredible movement, to lead the people of God. And Gideon would do what you and I would do. Wait, are you sure, God? I'm not qualified for this. I'm not a good leader. I'm not a public speaker. You should probably get somebody else. That's what Gideon said to God. He's like, I got a past and I've got hurdles and I've got obstacles. Listen, I wasn't set up to win because my family is just in chaos. I wasn't prepared for this moment. And I really don't want to do this, God. Just like I didn't want to hang up the ceiling fan. Gideon's like, I don't want to lead these people. And yet God, God invites him to step into what's possible. So Gideon, he brings his anything to God and he wants, he wants clarity from God. He wants to know that this is what God has created him for. So he actually prays and says, God, here's what I want from you. If you really want me to do this, then I'm gonna lay out a blanket in my yard, a fleece in my yard. And when I wake up in the morning, I want the fleece to be wet and the ground to be dry. And if that's the case, then I know that you want me to do this. And the next morning, God answered that prayer. But Gideon's like you and I, like he gets this great wisdom, this great knowledge, this great answer from God. But then he goes, could I, could I just do it one more time? Just to make sure, because <laughs> he's living with this shame and this embarrassment. And so he says, God, okay, next morning, if you could have the fleece be dry and the ground wet, then I'll know that anything's possible and you want me to do this. And guess what happened? <laughs> because God is good and has a great sense of humor, the next morning, what Gideon asked for, it actually happened. That was Gideon's anything. He brought it to God. So what's your anything? What do you need to bring to God? What are you holding in your hands and in your heart that you don't need to hold any longer? Do you believe anything's possible? Because God is the God of possible and he makes all things Possible. And for Mary, it was forgiveness and freedom. And Jesus gave that to her. And it was something that she believed wasn't possible for her. And that Jesus set her free. And here's what's so remarkable about her story and why it's similar to my story and yours. It's just when things were getting comfortable, just when things were getting convenient for Mary, everything changed. And it changed in a dramatic way. Jesus was arrested. He was put on trial and convicted. He was crucified. And he was buried. He was dead. Mary must have thought, wait, what? How could this be? Maybe perhaps she thought that it was going to be good. Because God is good. And he was there and among them. Or maybe she's like you and she's like me and she would, thought to herself like, I knew the bottom would drop out. I was waiting for this to go bad. And then now it's gotten really bad because Jesus is, Jesus is dead. See, Mary thought that her healing was what Jesus came to do. But in this moment, Jesus actually is teaching her something, but he's also teaching you and me something. And I wanna show you what happened that first Easter morning. First eyewitness account, firsthand account from John. I want to read to you what he wrote that day and what Jesus wanted to teach Mary and what Jesus wanted to teach you and what Jesus wanted to teach me. John chapter 20, verse one reads this way. 
Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And so she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said, they've taken the Lord away. They've taken him out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going to the tomb and they both ran together. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came and he was following him and he went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloth lying there. But the burial cloth that had been around the head of Jesus was not lying there, but it was folded in its place in a different place. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and he believed. You know, can I just pause for just a moment? I just want to reaffirm why we really believe these stories are true. This is one of the reasons why. Listen to the detail. Like the writer, John, is telling us about who went and who ran faster and who went into the tomb. And he even gives us a bit of a wink and a nudge as to why they know that this wasn't a made up story. That somebody didn't just steal the body. Because if somebody was going to steal the body, why would they spend time folding laundry? Why would they take the wrap around the head of Jesus and fold it? Why would they take time if they're snatching this body away? Like this is one of the many reasons why we can believe these stories to be accurate and true. Historically accurate and true. But what happens next is even better. Mary was there. Mary Magdalene. She stood outside of the tomb weeping and as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb and then someone, someone talks to her. Now, John tells us that it's Jesus. You and I have the privilege of seeing the story years later, thousands of years later on the other side of the resurrection, but Mary doesn't. And so she hears this voice ask her a question. Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Mary's not looking in his direction, so she supposes, supposes that this is the gardener. And so she says, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. I will take care of him. You don't have to worry about him. Like she didn't recognize who this was. And I think we can relate to that, right? That may happen to you. Like you see somebody in this setting, but then in another setting, you recognize them, but you're not sure who it is because they're in a different setting. That happens to me all the time at Active. I'll see you at church. It's great to see you. I see you where you sit. But then if I see you at the grocery store, it takes a moment for me to go, wait, why do I know them? Oh, I know them because they go to Active. And I appreciate your grace and your forgiveness in that moment. But not only is that happening, but Mary, she's stirred up and she's not expecting a dead person to rise from the grave. Because in that moment, nobody expected no body, right? And yet, when Jesus says her name, she, he says, Mary, she turns and says, Rabboni, teacher, it's, it's you. And I'm sure she had all sorts of thoughts and questions and maybe some confusion in her head. Wait, weren't you dead? Now you're not? How are you standing here? Am I dreaming? Are you an illusion? And she does what everybody would do if somebody that they love died and then rose from the grave, she runs to give Jesus a hug, to jump up and down, to hug and to kiss and to cry. I saw my cousin recently at Disneyland. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. 
And I found out he was there. So I texted him and I said, I'm going to come looking for you. And when I find you, here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump up and down. We're going to hug. We're going to laugh and we're going to cry. And he said, game on. So when I found him right in the middle of Star Wars land, two grown men jumping up and down, hugging and crying together because we haven't seen each other in forever. And people thought it was like this emotional reunion because it was. Some laughed at us. I'm okay with that. For Mary, she wants to hug her savior. But then Jesus says, don't cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father. In other words, he goes, no, 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 we're not doing this. Like it feels a bit strange, maybe even a bit rude. But remember, Jesus is always teaching. And in this moment, he's teaching Mary something and perhaps you and I. He's saying to Mary, things are gonna be different now. Like you've had me physically for three years, but now you're not gonna have God around you God is going to live within you. And then he gives her a task. He says, go back and tell the disciples this. And here's the words that he shares. I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary, what got us here isn't gonna get us there. Things are changing. Things are transforming. And it's gonna be great because anything is possible when you believe in me and when you follow me. So Mary runs home to tell the boys about what happened with Jesus. John tells us that Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he spoke these things to her. I'm sure she came running back saying, guys, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And I know it and I felt it and I experienced it. And now I get to tell that story and I get to live it. So what does this story teach us? Let me give you three things. The first is this, that you are never past hope because you are never alone. The promise of Jesus is that he is with us always. And the power of the Holy Spirit is within us when we trust in Jesus. Listen, in moments of great struggle and sin, Jesus doesn't write you off. He draws you close because that's who he is. And in that moment, we're reminded that things have changed and they'll change again. And Jesus teaches that we have changed and will change again when we trust in him and surrender to him and believe that he is going to tell a better story within us and around us. The story of Jesus, it announces that if you don't like where you are, you don't have to stay there. That there is possibility for you to step into something new when you follow Jesus. And we can be confident in the work of God. One writer in the New Testament put it this way, that he, God, who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it on the day of Christ Jesus, which means that your life is God's work. And so if you don't like where you're at in life, you have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today, but not just today, tomorrow and next week. It's why I wanna invite you to come and sit with me next Sunday at Active. We're beginning a brand new series called All Together Now. And we're going to talk about how it takes all of us to build a better future for our families, in our marriages, in our relationships, as we parent, as we lead. We're going to talk about your home and my home. Listen, I know that life is complicated and I know you want to get it right. And we want to help. So come and sit with me. Don't settle in what you are right now. Come and sit with me next Sunday, 9 a.m., 1045 at our Ukaipa location. I'd love to see you here. The second thing that this story of Mary teaches us is 
God will give you everything you need. It just may not look exactly like you want. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, put it this way, that when I'm at my weakest, God is at his strongest. And I know that I would love, and I know you would love, to crush this season of life, to dominate this season of life. But what we learn from the story of Mary and what we learn through the work and the person and the words of Jesus is that our victory comes through surrender to God. In the words of Jesus, he put it this way, I didn't come to call righteous people. I came to call sinners to repentance, to better stories. Don't be intimidated by confession and repentance. To confess and to repent is choosing a better story. And it's possible because of Jesus. And then the last thing that this story teaches us, the story of Mary, is that following Jesus inspires you to live a life where anything is possible. Here's why. Because a resurrection has happened. The reason why I take Jesus very seriously is not because the Bible tells me so. The reason why I take Jesus very seriously is because he was dead on a Friday and he was alive on a Sunday and he resurrected from the grave. And the Bible tells me that story and so does history. You and I got to deal with Jesus. You and I have to figure out what we're going to do with Jesus. And when we say yes to Jesus, we live a life where anything is possible. That transformation is possible for all people, including Mary. And for me, as a follower of Jesus, even you. Friend, even your life can change. Today, right now, when you trust in Jesus... So could I invite you to do two things? In just a moment, I want to pray some words over you and invite you if you have not ever trusted in Jesus or maybe you need to come back and trust him again. I want to lead you through a moment where you can say some words to God that could begin that journey for you. But then I want to invite you, if you're local, I want to invite you to come to our Ukaipa location today because we are baptizing after every service, 8, 9, 30, and 11. And I want to invite you to come and get baptized today. We would love to meet you and we would love to celebrate the work of God in you. and Publicly, publicly celebrate what God is doing for you. But before we get there, could I just pray some words over you? And as I pray, I want to lead you through a prayer that can start the conversation or restart the conversation with God. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, the story of Mary at Easter reminds us that you love us, that you're for us, and that you're with us. Teaches us that we are never past hope. That you will give us everything we need, it just may not look exactly like we want. And that a life where anything is possible is found when we trust in Jesus. And so I pray for those watching and for those listening. That in this moment they would trust you for the first time or the first time in a long time. And they would simply just say to you, and if this is you, you can say this in your own heart, in your own mind. You could even say it out loud. Here's the words I would encourage you to say to God. I trust you. I trust you. I give you my life. Would you forgive me of my sins? And would you set me free so that I may live? And if that's you, Know that this isn't all that you need to say to God, but it's the start. 
And if that's you, I would love to hear from you. You can send us a direct message or you can comment. And we would love to reach out to you and help you to take the next steps because you should not do this life alone. We're able to pray this prayer and find salvation, freedom and forgiveness because of Jesus. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray this. And together we say amen and amen and amen. We hope you enjoy the Active Church podcast. If you want to know more about Active Church, you can follow us on our social media platforms at Active Churches. Don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts. And if you are a local, we would love for you to experience the room with us. Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. in Ukaipa. See you next time.